3: Chris Evans here, a big thank you for downloading our Virgin Radio podcast coming up on this week's edition of the Best of the Breakfast Show with Sky Russell Howard chats about Series 3 of the Russell Howard Hour Chatty man Alan Carr tells us about his upcoming UK tour and a brand new series of There's Something About Movies on Sky 1 Himish Patel discusses his fantastic new film Aeronauts and David Morrissey
4: talks the new series of Sky Atlantic's Britannia
3: plus loads more great guests, enjoy
4: my friends, enjoy no. Give them an inch and they take a mile. We'll give our next guest an hour and he makes you smile. Series 3 of the Russell Howard Hour returns to Sky 1 tomorrow night at 10pm. And here to tell us how it all works, it's the Somerset superstar himself. Please welcome the hilarious Russell Howard. Good morning, Russell.
5: Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, everybody. How
3: are we? Very well. Welcome to the program. Pleasure. Uh, the Russell Howard Hour, Series 3, returns to Sky 1 tomorrow at 10pm. Yes. Uh, we can't talk about it because you've not done it yet. Uh, did it last night. Oh, you did it last mm-hmm. night. Sorry, I didn't know. days yeah. Done he has done it we can talk about it done it recorded okay i thought it was tonight oh th- sorry i was sorry 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 apologize a thousand thousand apologies okay so what what's what how good is it the first
5: it's all one? right yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just loads of jokes about the election you know as okay. if people aren't bored about that already Flop- yeah, it's fl-
3: floppy johnson finally gets an election my favourite headline
5: oh really um, yes what do you say about it what kind of things what do I say yeah. uh, I talk about the paucity of leadership on offer yes. and uh, I un- unite the crowd through our uh, contempt for them all <laughs>
3: right, but, you,
5: but you can't be too predictable because it's there are too, there's,
3: there's too much low hanging fruit as far as Gags is concerned sure so you've got yeah. to go higher up the tree well you have to try and
5: get to where you go a feeling of, of how we feel how do we all feel Yeah. yeah and yeah, it yeah. is that kind of like uh, what do you choose you know someone is going to smash it, someone will drop it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Do you know what I mean?
3: <laughs> the smash or the drop.
5: Sweaty Malfoy or Dying Dobby. Oh, but,
3: but there are in-betweenies. Do you talk yeah, about the in-betweenies or
5: not? We, we'll chat about all the in-betweenies, yeah. Are in-betweenies as funny as the polar opposites? But you sometimes have to explain the in-betweenies right. to the outsiders. <laughs> okay. Not everyone knows. I, I find it fascinating. So, you know, it's brilliant to be a comic and to talk about an election is great. Uh,
3: right, now, so you're going on this, this, this tour, this world tour. Yeah. And we think it might be the biggest ever world tour by a comedian that we've talked to. Right uh, now, I do believe uh, who do we have? Ross Noble. Ross, Ross comes close. Ross doesn't is he? amazing. Ross man. is a three or four continent guy, but yeah. you're you're going to all five or seven, depending on how you look at the world. Yeah. Uh, so, so when do you when do you Dare or not dare? Well, I say I say dare because I'm fearing for you, but you probably don't fear it. When do you cross? When do you decide to cross another border to see if they like what you do? And then do, once you've crossed enough borders, do you think well, this is completely
5: universal now? This
3: this this comedy. I don't know. It's just that because you're going yeah. to Africa, aren't you?
5: You're I, going everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You, but there's that uh, this kind of a moment like where I, was, I did this like 400 seater in New York, and you can't help but think back to little you when you're eight years old in the back of you know. Dad Sierra and you're watching kind of raindrops go down the window and you're sort of wondering what will happen to you in this world and then suddenly you find yourself you know as a grown man doing a a comedy night in New York and it's just so wildly exciting that it just blows your mind so I just I'm kind of very much into oh let's give it a go rather than I'm sort of driven I write through fear because oh god I've got to create a show but then when you have moments like that and you're kind of doing gig like Washington or Mumbai or like Australia, it's just, it's so cool to do a gig in Stockholm, you know, and to be able to travel and experience the day and then talk about it, it's, what's odd about it is sometimes things you think are going to be really funny, don't, like I was in Finland and I was eating some chips and this pigeon flew down, right, to try and get this guy's chips and the guy grabbed the pigeon in midair and just went, hey, (laughs) and then threw the bird away. So I spoke about this in the evening at the gig and the whole crowd were utterly silent we were like, well this is what you do if a pigeon comes to attack you grab hold of it and you throw it away. and it was so funny in that moment because i knew if we were talking about this in england everybody would be like oh, bloody hell that was weird what some bloke grabbed a pigeon oh my god have you heard that Dave? and yet they were stony faced like why would you not throw it away what is wrong with you english man but they're so, right. what- so then it became funny because it wasn't <laughs> yeah. funny to them do you know what i mean that yeah. it was so there's always holes within holes if you're kind of willing to just talk and sort of explore stuff.
3: So Rachel has agreed to run the Mar- London Marathon for the first time. Her first ever training run is after the show today with the frothy coffee man. She's running it as part of his brand new book, How to Run a Marathon. Brilliant. Well, it was brilliant until you <laughs> turned up, yeah. right? So we then say to Russell, ever run a marathon? And his answer was? Yeah. It was a bit more than that.
5: Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, when I, I didn't uh, in 2012, and uh, I didn't do any training at all. I didn't do any training at all. No. At all, nope. none
3: whatsoever. Nope. How, how, it must have been a nightmare. You must have been barely come in, but before nightfall. How,
5: how did it go? Four hours twelve. Ah! <laughs> I beat Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> I,
3: <laughs> felt, I felt amazing. No, no, it's all right again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> four hours twelve with no training.
5: Yeah, it was absolutely. It's a brilliant day, though. You know, it's a breeze. You just <laughs> have, a, you have a lovely little jog. <laughs> Then you have a little rub down afterwards. Wonderful. The most incredible thing, my brother was handing out Vaseline in the sort of celeb area. Because he was telling me, you know, your nips all get really, you know, really ruined and that. She's trying to help, but it come across as weird. Do you know what I mean? I just, so, she does. just lunging towards. He went up to like Princess Beatrice, and went, "Make sure you get this on you." I'm like, "Dang it, Jesus, that's royalty." You, you're you about got... to get you, shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well,
3: I don't like these sub four thirty times. What do you do in then? Obviously not.
5: Why are you still here? I'm at... not actually looking at him anymore. Is You've definitely here? got a sub four thirty in you. Well, I have now. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm packing in. I tell you what, well. right? How about I, I attach you to my back and I just run with you. Thank, You'll be able to do it, mate. Thank Look you, at you, Russell. You're, you're, you're fit as hell.
3: Okay, no, I'm full, I've got to go sub 430, but uh, how old were
5: you when you did that? I'm, I'm just trying to mitigate it now. I was 36. Oh, it's fine. fine.
3: Yeah, I could have done it then when I said Yeah, totally. So,
5: yeah. How old are you? 103. You don't? I mean, what, <laughs> we, what, I'm 53 now wow you look incredible man 53 what we talked about I'm honestly worried. yeah you look great oh he's nice isn't he? <laughs> but I like, <laughs> you like him, we like him again now <laughs> he is but it's just, I, I love coming you've got favorite, a really... favourite ever guest but as like I said before you've got a wild mad uncle energy that's what I like about you <laughs> but do you know what I mean
3: you've kind of got can you tell my nephew and
5: niece <laughs> I, I really do you've just kind of got the look of a man that would sort of look at his trousers not like them and then just cut them down yeah, and go no, I've short done
3: I've, done that. I've yeah, done that a thousand I times. I can see it No, no, you? no, I've up a at the moment. <laughs>
5: yeah, exactly. There you go. I knew it.
3: <laughs> okay. It's beautiful. It's uh, Russell, we'd like to keep you on forever. Um, Your tour starts when and where does it go? And will, will we ever see you again?
5: Yes. Um, The tour starts in March. Yeah. I'm off to Europe and America and Australia. Right. And the <laughs> tele show starts tomorrow. Tomorrow.
3: Okay, so yeah. the tele show's already done first one. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you feel match, Did you feel back to match fitness again yeah, straight it's away? It's just
5: weird going from kind speed. of arenas to a TV show, but still family.
3: All right, okay. And then you're back in the UK for... Uh, uh, the UK Day uh, starting for at the Bristol Hippodrome around June. Yeah, I, I think people can still, can still. Are
5: you sold out or are you still available? Bristol sold out, but I think how much of Apollo? There's a few okay, left. Okay,
3: the event of Apollo, that's September. Yes. Okay. That's and. so where do you finish away. again? Where do you finish?
5: I finish in New York City. I'm going to do a special for Netflix and that'll be it. Oh, my God. Exciting me. times.
3: All right. Very good, Russell. Congratulations. Well Thanks, done. man. All right. Lots of love.
1: The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio.
4: One of the <laughs> nation's most loved <laughs> presenters. Whose quips and cracks will have you howling. His hit Sky One game show, There's Something About Movies 2 is back, guaranteed to give you a giggle and test your movie know how. Please welcome a true marvel of modern telly with undoubtedly perfect blood pressure. It's the wonderful Alan Carr! Good morning, Al. Oh, thank you, thank you. Right,
3: so you've come direct from where, live and direct from? Uh, near Hyde Park, Bayswater. I thought you said the Shetland Arts.
0: No, that was last week. That's why I was wearing my hat. With oh, me I saw, oh the hat,
3: so the hat's live and direct from the y- Shetland yes, I yes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought you just flown in. No, from the Shetland. <laughs> OK, why would you be there anyway? I was doing
0: a little mini tour. Right. I'm, I'm going on tour next year. Right. And it's a little secret that you know, comedians like Jack Dee, John Bishop, Sean Walsh, you do all of Scotland, these tiny little places, and you, um, and you try out your material and you get it match
3: fit and then you do the big tour. So, so it's called the tiny tour. You call it the tiny tour? Well, I, you can call it the tiny should, tour, okay, yes. Right, when you put together a tour, you, you know, the content of your tour, because you don't do jokes, but you are just funny. And so you can go and see Alan Carr and you go... Can well, I have that for me, Post? Yeah, no, no, <laughs> but you laugh at two hours. <laughs> you don't hours. tell jokes, you're just funny. No, but it's true, though, I isn't know. it? You're uproariously funny, but you don't do gags. So how do you put an Alan Carr set together?
0: Well, it's it's it's, an, it's anecdotal. It's things that happen, and it's just just hard. It, it, I'm up. I'm up to. Re- I'm about an hour now, and I need another 10, 15 minutes. Yep. But it's all good. It's all killer, no filler. And you know what, what I'm kind saying?
3: Of, what kind of things are you talking about?
0: My, because um, a lot's happened since the last tour. I got married. I talk about things that have happened. Thank you very much. And a little bit about you know Adele married us in you know, her back garden. So I talk about that. <laughs> that's enough. That, that I mean, do, that isn't? is good. That's good, isn't it? That's not. <laughs> yeah. That's better than my mother-in-law. That is my
3: mother-in-law so far. That is not a filler. That, that is a killer.
0: Yeah, So it's all like that. And it's uh, all next year is happening. But, it, it, yeah, Scotland, it was... And do you know what? It's so... I know it's a cliche, but it's so beautiful like that. You know, everyone's going, oh, Scotland's... Over. Yeah, yeah, we've all seen a mountain, love. It is stunning. <laughs> stunning. The sea's turquoise. There were seals on the beach.
3: Mm. I loved it. Well, you know, they say God practised on... For the first six days, God practised on the rest of the world and on the seventh day, he went to make Scotland... Is once, that true once, once did you make it, that up? No, no, that's what I heard when I was... Yeah. As I was te- when, when I first visited the Cairngorns, you know, oh, you, it's just unbelievable. I mean, you're right, it's breathtaking, isn't oh, it? Stunning, it, absolutely it stunning. It literally takes your breath away it and you go... It does, love, <gasps> it does. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Um, so Adele, you got, you got married in Adele's, in her garden? In her back garden. <laughs> Well, I
0: didn't know she changed, Chris. I, I've changed. I didn't know she did weddings. <laughs> well, she got ordained and she married us, which was. Did lovely.
3: you? Uh, did you have a wedding? Did you have a first dance? Did you sort that out? Yeah, no, I never say what
0: songs she sang, but she. Uh, oh, was, she sang
3: for you as well. Yeah, she's Adele.
0: You don't say. Oh, Adele, <laughs> Adele, can you do the catering? Adele, do you know anyone who can sing no, for I, the wedding?
3: I didn't. I, I know she may have been <laughs> your celebrant, but she actually sang for you. What a laugh. Well, I can't tell exactly. You, you know don't what? need
0: to. You don't need because to. Because I'm so pleased you say it because I go on chat shows and they try it's and not, get all this, this. is not a chat no, show. No, no, no. This I'm, is a slice just, of let, life. Let me finish. <laughs> and they try and get all the gossip. No, I'm no, like, no. well, I could have sold this to OK Magazine for a lot of money, but, but no. you've got to have something private. Yeah. But it's, it's all my shows about being married and all that. And it's, uh, yeah, it's good.
3: There's something about movies Um, two episode five of six. Now, the, the second series is almost over. It's this Thursday, 7th of November, 9pm on Skyrim. But, of course, you can catch up, is what you can do. You see? And this is a load of fun. This is you unleashed on Sky. This is great. The manacles are off. Fun yeah, is to be had. It is. And you know what people say? Oh, tell us
0: about your panel show. And, of course, everyone's like, oh, boring, because you're explaining <laughs> a panel show. But it's a panel show with a difference. Yeah, come on. Because when you get normal panel shows, it's just all comedians on. But we have amazing actors as well. We've got Tim Ralph, yeah. Matt Dillon, yeah, yeah. with Rupert Everett, Lily Collins, you name Sean it. Sean
3: Bean, Sean yeah. Bean, Warwick Davis, and so Matthew Broderick. I know we were trying to get him on the show forever because he was in a play in the West End, yes. wasn't he? Did you go and see it? Yeah, it was brilliant. I didn't get to see it. Didn't go and see it. What's wrong with me? I know it was so good.
0: But so you get these amazing anecdotes. Yeah. You get lots of funny stuff. And do you know what? It reminds me. The show reminds me a bit of. Remember that show I used to do, Friday Night Project? Yeah, yeah, And it is sort of sky's the limit. We go out, we film things. We film something down. Me and Tom Allen, who's a regular on the show, we did Castaway down near Dover, and we were dressed as Tom Hanks on Castaway, and we're out on a raft. Someone <laughs> rang the police and thought we were immigrants. <laughs> That's a true story, right? So, so you are you are you a, are you a Sky guy now? Do, is, is... I, I, I work all over. I'm, I'm doing. Oh my god! Guess what I'm doing next year? Tell us, tell us, tell us! I'm bringing back six classic game shows. Yes. Play your cards oh, right. Price is right. Seriously. Bullseye. Take your pick. Where? Strike it on ITV. What you got One a week. One a week. And, and at the end and of the filmed do- them all day, are so much fun. Did we pick a favourite at the end? And you can do, yeah, I know. Hopefully, you, that will be if you could
3: pick one. Which one would you pick?
0: I loved play your cards right, yeah. It, do you know what? There's something about it that it. everyone was on their feet. And of course, you know, you did the prices right, but that's a bit of a grey area because you know, you're you can get that cheaper on the internet, and you're like, <laughs> it's just a pack of beans, madam. You Please don't, worry don't about it. me, okay? It's not about the detail, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. real life you're talking about, there. yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was so funny. Some of the prizes on, um, you know, talk about technology, like a Wi Fi bread maker.
3: And you're like, really? Yeah. Why do you need. <laughs> so so let's go through those again. The six. Okay, bullseye. Oh, no. Okay.
0: Bullseye. Bullseye. Play Strike cards, it right. lucky. Play your cards Strike right. Price lucky. is right. Oh, no. There's too much. Take your pick. Take you remember your pick. the old I one with that?
3: Okay, that's, diff- that's a different era, isn't it? But you're right. Take yeah, your pick. Des O'Connor.
0: Everyone's nicked from it. Opening the box, what's inside? Yeah. Deal or no deal, if you ask me, but that's okay. all I'm saying. All right. So we, so and then what's go... the sixth one? Oh, the sixth one was a Christmas special. Okay, great. And when are they going to be on the air? Uh, well, what? hopefully Christmas for that one. <laughs> no, I get that one. But <laughs> Happy the Pancake Day. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Christmas for that. And then, yeah, I think at the beginning of the year. But I filmed them all. And you know when you know, when you got their, you know, they're really good. Yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. I can't wait. Good for you. It's me being all like, you know. Is that
3: Saturday f- night? S- I hope Early so. Early tea it time? It feels
0: like, yeah, feels sixth, like. Half six?
3: Yeah. It's good really for good you, fun. Good thank for you. you. Thank you. All right, mate. All right, Alan Carr, he's been brilliant. He always says, thanks for coming to see us. Oh, thank Will you. you come back again? Yes, definitely.
0: Look at the view. Look at the view. absolutely amazing. All thank right. you for
1: having me. I've right, okay. had such a ball. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on
4: Virgin Radio. Dapper Dave, who are we talking to next? He's the main man from the hit Danny Boyle movie Yesterday that's here today to talk about another film that was released yesterday <laughs> but isn't called Yesterday. Got it? OK. He stars alongside <laughs> Felicity Jones and Eddie Redmayne in the brilliant new movie, The Aeronauts. So please welcome a British actor that's really flying high. It's the wonderful Himesh Patel. Good
3: morning, Himesh. Hello.
4: Uh, so yes, let's talk yesterday first
3: of all. Um, we just checked on the box office, the worldwide box office yesterday. It's doing really well.
6: Yeah, it has done really <laughs> it's well. It's unbelievable.
3: Yeah. So the original budget was 26 mil. Dollars. something like that yeah okay and 10 million of that was for the Beatles rights
6: a lot of it went to the rights okay. for the songs.
3: okay yeah. uh, I mean to make a movie like that for 16 million dollars and it's grossed over 150 and still counting well done
6: thank you are you on points am I on points points as in do I get extra yeah, yeah. That? I, I potentially do you I'm waiting to hear about that all right yeah.
3: so we had Danny Boylan talking about that particular movie oh, great yeah and he came and he said he saw you and that was it
6: boom yeah, it seems that he had a good feeling from the beginning. Right, I taped for it and then I went and met him and Richard and had my first audition in the room and it seemed like Danny kind of took to me from that point. All
3: oh, right, and did you, you sing all the songs in the movie and you also play guitar anyhow.
6: I played a little bit of guitar. I had to get a lot better for the movie. <laughs> the same thing with piano.
3: What do you mean you had to get better to play Beatles songs in a movie that's become a global <laughs> hit? What do you mean by that, surely?
6: Yeah, no, I had to put a lot of time in. Um, all right. Okay,
3: so from that uh, to this. Right, Eddie Redmayne plays somebody who did exist. Yeah, tell us about him first of all.
6: So Eddie Redmayne plays James Glacier, who uh, did exist and was a meteorologist. And he believed that the weather could be predicted, as we all know now, can be, but back then... It was a new idea. Yeah, it was a new idea. And it was one that he was kind of ridiculed for even suggesting. Um, But he wanted to explore the sky to see if he could prove it. Um, And so... In our story, he asks for the help of Felicity Jones' character, Amelia Wren, um, and she's a a balloonist. (laughs) She's a pilot, isn't she? A A balloon pilot. And so they go up together into the sky and not knowing what they're going to encounter. Um, and that's where the story begins. So he knew about the weather. He had a feeling about the fact you could forecast the weather, mm-hmm. and uh, but he he
3: then needed a balloon and somebody to fly it, and then he needed the Schutzbart to go in it. But he was a scientist, and um, you know, scientists is still full of science. Scientists still full of rivalry. But then it was like being a rock star, wasn't it? If you could, mm. if you could prove something, you became world famous. I mean, that was it, wasn't it?
6: Yeah, because it was the era of discovery, and if you were someone who could do something like that, it was. Nothing was better than that. You know.
3: Was he eighteen? Was this eighteen sixty two-ish?
6: Yes, that's roughly the time period. That's I'm when he talking. went up in that balloon. Yeah. And
3: was it around with was, was Dickens and Darwin and Disraeli? Was that eighteen fifty five-ish or something? It was all going on then, wasn't it? Blimey! It was all happening. Yeah. Oh my goodness me! Yeah. Right. Did did your character really exist in
6: real life? I'm not sure. Actually, I think maybe there was a, a, a semblance of him that existed, but in terms of our story, he's 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 like the moral center of um of things as it were yeah. um he kind of if we're talking about two characters who who fly into the air John, my character is someone who stays firmly on, on the ground. On, terra Feet on firma, the ground.
3: Yeah. Uh, but happy for his pal. And there's some fantastic yeah. lines. There's the one you somebody reaches for the stars and somebody has to push them up to the stars. What's your yeah, coat? Some,
6: some reach for the stars, others push others towards them, something Yeah,
3: like that, that's yeah. So fantastic. All right, okay. So it features a balloon. Now, the balloon did exist. This flight took place. This actually happened from this mad scientist, as all great scientists are. The, re- the, really, the really great ones are bonkers. And he said, I can predict the weather, or I believe. We can forecast the weather. Some people still don't believe that, actually, <laughs> but but he really did, uh, and he needed this balloon. So tell us about the balloon that you saw because you witnessed this in real life. Was it as impressive as I think it may have been? It
6: really was. Yeah, um, they they actually had a balloon built, for, yeah. and, and it did take flight. And Eddie and Felicity did actually go up in in the balloon for some of the shots really? that you see in the movie, yeah. And
3: yeah. the dog went up there
6: as well. I don't know if the dog went up. Right, there but... is a
3: there is a dog and five pigeons in that yes. basket as well. Okay, just so you know.
6: <laughs> that was the working title for the movie: "Dog and Five Pigeons." Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, so they actually went up in this balloon.
3: What was it like working, uh, uh, you know, next to to Oscar Academy nominated and winning winning people?
6: Fantastic, what because you, you don't really from... you it... don't really get a sense of that that kind of weight. Really, they're just both lovely people, but. I learned that you can you can be as successful as they are and still be a wonderful, Human. generous actor.
3: They're great, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. All right, Hamish. Um Now you are going to do some stuff yourself. Uh, you're HBOing, is that right?
6: HBOing. I'm about to start work on an HBO series. With and I did Hugh an HBO Laurie? series. I, I just finished that with it with you, Laurie. How busy uh, are you at the moment? Pretty busy, yeah. Okay, and you're
3: working with Christopher Nolan.
6: I have just finished work with Chris Pine. Yeah. This
3: is on a, a, a cinema, cinematic, motion picture. Yeah, on his next movie. Yeah. I'm okay, and up. all you can say about it is that
6: I'm in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: I love, I love the secrecy surrounding some particular uh, productions nowadays. <laughs> I'm trying to think what's the, what, the best one. The best one we came across was the Game of Thrones one. Oh yeah. Do you know about this one?
6: What was the secrecy?
3: Yeah, the secrecy was the actors get the scripts on iPad. And they dissolve within two hours. As in, not
6: the iPads. The, no, the scripts the, the, the dissolve scripts.
3: within two hours. Right. Then you get your next page an hour later. Then that dissolves. Wow! Isn't that mad? <laughs> All right. So, Chris, you're in Christopher Nolan's new film. Mm. Which is about? What's it about?
6: Uh, literally <laughs> silence. Right is it now, about?
3: Man. Is it about this world, another world? Is it? Is it in black and white?
6: <laughs> is it? Is, does it exist uh, Did you? are you making I'm up I'm trying not to get shot right now All right, just okay. being silent yeah.
3: alright good uh, well good luck thank you for coming in thank you okay awesome Himesh Patel the aeronauts I can't wait to get, take my kids to it because I think oh, they're going to absolutely love it for a million yeah. reasons yeah it's right, brilliant well done
1: the best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio
3: We've heard from three guests already, but there's loads more still to come. Michael Ball and Alfie Bo chat their new album, Back Together. Katrina Balfe tells us about working alongside Christian Bale and Matt Damon in Le Mans 66. And Casey Stoney discusses her new book, Changing the Game. Fantastic female footballers. All that and more, but first, Dapper Dave, who's next?
4: Between them, they've sung for the Queen, shifted over a million records, won Olivier's, Tony's, and sold out arena tours. And they're not stopping there, as their new album, Back Together, is out today. Kim and (laughs) Kanye can do one. We've got a real showbiz power couple in the studio. It's the wonderful Michael Ball and Alfie Bow. Yeah, forget Kim Uh, and Kanye. (laughs) Look
3: at these two absolute brutes. (laughs) These beautiful belting brutes. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, 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 So you're back together. It's so funny that you two can now have an
7: album called Back Together. Yeah. Well, the last one was Together Again. Yeah. So I don't know what we're
1: going to do the fourth.
3: Well, so but there will be a fall. Who knows? It's going to be a fall. right? Come on, remind us how this this began. This love affair began. How many years has it been now? It's twelve. Is it <laughs> really? It's
7: twelve. Oh my maybe even more. Goodness two, Yeah, it's two. No, it's thirteen. It's two thousand seven. Yeah, we were doing a show at the. Uh, we were casting this show called Kismet. The it was, I awful, Chris. It yeah. really was at the Eno, and and we just laughed our way through it. What and was so what was so bad uh, about the show? Michael. <laughs>
3: <laughs> My and it's me. finally time he knew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that is fair enough
7: though. I was pretty rubbish in it. I bet it you was were. Ju- ju- it, it it was the whole thing. It was it was uh, it's an old musical. I was told right. that, that and the music's beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely stunning. The book is dodgy. They told me, well, don't worry, we're rewriting the book. Yeah, got- yeah. Have you ever... Do you know Kit Hesketh Harvey? No, no, I don't. Kit and the Willow. Anyway, he was going to rewrite I've got no the idea. book. Oh, no, idea. do, I do. Of course you do. do. Yeah, so it's, so it's going to be witty and current and things, because the writers had died. Kit and the Willow. That's, That's it, Kit yeah. and the Widow. Yeah. They hadn't died. Oh, they hadn't died. The original writers, and they good. said, "Don't touch, no, that, don't not, touch a word." That's not a good look. And the oh, directing was bad, and the staging. Right, went, but from, but from, we from we the had
3: ashes, fun. From, from the yeah. phoenix, from the flames, yeah. uh, was was YouTube going on tour and being being a team? To, so when did it all come good? When did the sun finally shine after that? Today's all right. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
7: <laughs> um, it was about three
5: years ago, wasn't it? We, we did our first album together. It, yeah,
3: four. four. Four years ago. Four years, four years. three albums, And it was years. a bit of a laugh, wasn't it? A bit yes. of fun. But it really caught fire very quickly. Yeah, so then then cool. somebody said somewhere, you better go and do this live in a few theatres. And then I, I, I said, well, I think I... It, I recall well what I did recall at the beginning of the show. It went mad, didn't it? Almost immediately. Yeah. Can, just tell it. Can you tell us the, the, the journey of the?
7: We we agreed. We said we would do a, a couple of shows yeah. together on the of road. Of sh- literally a couple of shows. Literally a couple of shows. Couple of shows. Uh, record company Alfie's uh, record company Decca heard about this and said, "Would you might like to make a record?" Yeah. We thought great. Well, we'll do that. So we, so we started knocking ideas around for for the for an album. Uh-huh. Then put the uh, the tour on on sale. Uh, the album came out, and on the on the day of the first gig, yeah. and we're watching literally every day. You know, every day you're looking at updates on is it how where's it going in the chart? Where's it going to be? Thinking it might do all right, and we could see it every day. Sales going up, more people buying into the tour. So we ended up. At the end of the tour, we were ab- adding dates.
3: Well, let's go. Alfie, you remember this. So um, there's, the original tour was theatres and it was 40-odd yeah. dates, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then you double that and then you, somebody said, well, you need to start playing arenas. And then you played like 27, 37 we did, arenas or something we did
8: like that? We did an arena tour pretty much straight after. Yeah. I mean, the art for the next album, who
3: it? found that most surprising out of every, all of us. Was it mostly you two? The pretty fact much. You were... I had no I had
5: no confidence in it whatsoever. A, I re- it was I a mean, complete flop. And it <laughs> absolutely it went mental, didn't it? But it did. It went it took off pretty well. So like how
3: many arenas did you end up playing in the end? Oh my goodness. Fifteen was it? Yeah. Or, yeah something like right, that. Right, and then and, the and then you, you, they you went
7: to Japan. Japan and oh, Australia. Australia. And then
3: yeah. you played Carfest. Yeah. yeah. And you were quite you were quite trepidatious about Carfest, weren't you? Well, yeah,
7: we we're, we're there with a lot of Rock and roll. Great rock and roll yeah. acts, thinking, are oh, we? G- is this really what the audience are going to buy into? And when you were there, it was
3: It was, <laughs> it was a great they day. absolutely loved it. <laughs> it was wonderful. Good morning, all. This is Annie in Norwich. Loving air that I have the day off to be able to listen to the whole show. And uh, what a bonus with Alfie and Michael and James being with you. I'm off to London late to see Alfie and Michael in Les Mis this evening. So thank you. My day could have not started. Better congratulations, Alfie, on your OBE. Yeah. What, what? what, what yeah. for? What? <laughs> <laughs> I've done, me, I've I think. done loads. We've rest fifty million quid for people. <laughs> Nothing. Not a, not a looking. Have you
5: been? What have you done? I've been singing with Michael. That's yeah. worth an award, isn't oh, it? <laughs> <laughs> got uh, it yesterday. I got it yesterday. We, did you? Yeah, I was at the palace you, yesterday.
3: Yeah, I know how it works. You yeah, sorry I was at the palace. details? The, <laughs> did you take your family? I did. did yeah, for a celebrating meal afterwards. <laughs> we <did. the> <laughs> we meal afterwards. had a
7: lovely dinner. We had chateau. Oh great! Well, I'm very pleased and for and you.
3: You got one. Yeah. <laughs> oh.
7: Have you not, Chris?
3: <laughs> Ball, and, Ball and Bow, uh, the marvelous Michael Ball and Alfie Boys brand-spanking new album back together is out today, and sing along with the boys on their 2020 UK tour. Uh, starts Saturday uh, Feb, um, and uh, we go to Glasgow, <coughs> and you go all over the place. And you want to go to where for that? Hang on a second. Um... um. Sorry, I've lost. I've lost the internet oh, thing Chris. for that. Where is it? I'm what gonna do you need, it. love? Sorry, I just need. the website me. <laughs> I need. Well, I need a day off. To be honest, <laughs> you and me both. Where's the website for, for Michael's and and Alfie's uh, Jamesblunt.com. James Blunt. <laughs> <laughs> .com. You, you can find all that. All mean, we'll, we'll do uh, it all later. Ticketmaster
7: will do. Or Live
3: somewhere. Nation and Ticketmasters, that's Nation. where you need to go. Uh, Lizzie says, I saw Les Mis last night. Uh, it was brilliant, but sadly there was no Alfie Bear. Well, Lizzie, that's because he was enjoying the free finger buffet at Buckingham Palace. <laughs> that's why. Yeah, how quickly does he figure out yeah. about his actual fans? <laughs> look, look at that. Look, have we got pictures here? I don't want to see there these. No. I that, don't want to see these. Look see at that. those, James. <laughs> Very smart. Very smart, you James. smart, 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 smug, smart, yeah, smart, 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 smart. <laughs> had your hair done, didn't you? I Pushed did, in. I did. Okay, I had it rearranged. Well done, congratulations. <laughs> um, <laughs> and your beard quite I heard. put it on a stand last night you just to it keep all. it safe. There you are. Look at it. Look at you man. You, 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 you it's ca- dashing. You do carry off a I morning suit pretty well. I have to, to hand the suit warm.
5: back today. Did you? I, I bet you did. you do.
3: I do. Where did you go for your dinner with your family? Went to the Woolsey. Did you? Yeah, I love it Just around the corner. Yeah, beautiful. Did you walk there? No, we didn't. We got Got a taxi. Got a taxi. Lovely. Well done. Congratulations. Thank you very Very much. Very special. Very special. Uh, Did you have a few few sherbets last night to
6: celebrate? I didn't. No, I've actually stopped drinking.
3: You said this to me last time we met. Pretty we we made one look. of the greatest bars in London. I said, What do you want? He said, I'm water. I said, oh, yeah. what, 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 what am I here for? What you are we doing know, this? Yeah. What are we doing here?
5: It was the car fest, I think, that did it. Before,
3: oh, you I coming think. on with those tequila, tequila shots. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> the
1: best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio.
4: Our next guest has been building quite the CV, and it's getting better and better with each passing day. The high octane car thriller Le Mans 66 is out next Friday, and making a pit stop here at the studio today is a lady used to life in the fast lane. It's the stunning Trina Bell. <clears throat> Good morning
3: Katrina Good
2: morning
4: Welcome to the Madhouse
2: Thank you very much
3: Okay uh, so you got bow and Ball and you got Blunt behind you we got Balf now in front of the microphone It's just a plethora of bees uh, Maxing on the mic uh, but of course uh, you've been in a bomb fight with uh, Christian Bale and Matt Damon how how was Le Mans 66 for you as an overall experience?
2: It was amazing um, yeah we, we filmed it last year in LA which was also very cool to just be there because I'm normally in Scotland freezing um, but it, yeah it was, it was just such a cool film I mean there's fast cars awesome actors and a great director so
3: right now I knew the story I thought I knew the story I knew the story of uh, Ford taking on Ferrari so Ford take on Ferrari because Henry Ford II tried to buy Ferrari off Enzo and Enzo because all Enzo Ferrari ever wanted to do was race he wanted he was a racer himself uh, then he realised he wasn't fast enough uh, so like Walt Disney realised he wasn't good enough at drawing he employed people that could do what he wanted to do better than him and he became the manager of it so then he started to make Ferrari cars to sell to the public to fund his racing team um, and, you know, he always sort of, he didn't really, he had a certain antip- antipathy to people who wanted to buy his cars on the road because he was just a racer. Uh, th- then he was going bankrupt and Ford heard about this. So they sent their top, top men over to Modena in Italy to to try and buy Ferrari for $9 million. Dollars at the time, or whatever it was, and it nearly happened. Uh, but there was an issue with how much control Enzo would still have over his racing team, and Fiat agreed to him give him everything he wanted and double the price eighteen million dollars. Now I knew all that.
2: Right? <laughs> I'm going to get you to do my press from now on. No, this and, is amazing. I, I knew all that, and then,
3: and then Henry Ford said he was so angry that he said, okay, let's go and beat them in the race they loved the most, which is Le Mans, the Le, mm-hmm. Le Mans 24 hours. And nobody was coming, c- came close to Ferrari for three, four years. Actually, seven years with um, the Aston Martin in the middle, driven by Carroll Shelby, the DBR1 in 1953, and all that kind of nonsense. <laughs> all that goes on. I know, I know all that. I know all that. That's how the film starts. <laughs> but what I didn't know is the story of Ken Miles. Amazing, I, guys. I hadn't even heard of him. And so you get this amazing story, Ford going to beat Ferrari on their home turf, even though it's in France and not Italy, and doing it, which we sort of all know about. But then this there's this other blinking story. Ken Miles, played by Christian Bale. You play his wife. How much do you want to tell us about Ken's story?
2: I mean, it's amazing because I, I didn't know about it either. But, you know, here you have this, this kind of... Slightly on the spectrum guy who's from Sutton Coldfield, just outside uh, Birmingham. And they he was living in L.A. and he was primarily a mechanic. And Carroll Shelby and him were, were great friends. And, you know, this guy sort of changed the course of racing history, especially for American teams. And he was lost to history. And so that's what's so great about this film is that they've resurrected his memory. And, you know, one of the great things about doing this whole film is that I got to meet his son, Peter, um, who lives in California still and like, got to spend quite a bit of time with him, talking to him about his parents and and their relationship and their marriage. and um, But just his dad and what, what an incredible pure racer he was and how he was very much, you know, we have this beautiful scene in the film where Enzo Ferrari kind of tips his hat to Ken because they were both pure racers. And, uh, you know, this is the thing about the film. is it's, it's about the underdogs, even though Ford bought over this kind of ragtag team, you know, Carroll Shelby and his racing team were underdogs. They, they were all about racing rather than this kind of corporate ideal of just selling cars.
3: And so you worked with Christian Bale uh, and you worked with Matt Damon. You worked with other great actors and actresses in the past. Um, uh, but you, you did you get to work with those bloody gorgeous cars
2: um well no i had a country squire that's what i got to drive <laughs> which is did you get to sniff them though i did I, we got to see them i mean there were we had this incredible um aircraft hangar that was just full of all the cars i mean that we had millions and millions of dollars worth of cars on that set which was quite incredible i mean that the cars that they actually raced i think most were kit cars because the actual real cars are too expensive to let Actors and stunt men through a round of racetrack, um, but it was it was incredible. I mean, they're just beautiful. I mean, all the cars. I mean, you had the most amazing MGs. You know, even when we were doing the the kind of garage scenes, and you had all the um, GT. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm not going to talk. You're giving it to the guys You're giving yeah, it to the I'm like goal. here's somebody who really you know what? knows what I'm talking about. I'm not
3: I, talking I, about. It's so funny because because um, the actual the the Ford GT and they they call them GT C forties but they would never call that. They just call four GTS and they were fourteen inches high and then the journalists called them that. But they still <laughs> and they've got new, the Ford have a new one out and it's this is the new four GT and people go on GT but it's not GT forty. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But um, that car, the car that Bruce McLaren won in in '66 because of what happened with the we won't spoil the end of the film but something happened mm-hmm. and that. Car now, I know where that car is. It's in it. It's in England. Oh wow! And uh, that
2: car—is it in your garage? No, it's not. No. <laughs> is that where it is?
3: No, it's not. It's not even been close, unfortunately. But I know the bloke's garage it is in, and that car now is currently worth four times what Fiat bought the whole of Ferrari for. Wow! In 1966.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's amazing. I mean, that that kind of whole, the rivalry between Ford and Ferrari, and just what what different. You know ethos both of those people had, and kind of how it it drove this whole racing culture forward. It's it's kind of incredible to to see.
3: Right. How how was it working with with Bale and and Damon? It's great. And did how much because all the boys wanted this. How much of their own driving did they do?
2: Well, they did a lot of driving. I mean, I, I definitely saw Matt spin out <laughs> quite a bit. Um, we had we had him like peel off in in we had this house in Highland Park in in California, and uh, he had to sort of peel away and there was a couple of spins <laughs> happened and uh, when um, i came
3: back from the film on the wednesday uh, the team said how was it i said i cried they went well you would you idiot because it's about cars <laughs> i said no i didn't cry no. that but i cried at the human story yeah and they didn't believe me but the, the, it there's is, a lot of
2: heart in this it, film i think like that's one of the great things i mean it's it's on one hand it's a great racing film and a great sport film but what makes every great sport film great i think is is the the heart to it the human endeavor the 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 family dynamic and what it cost each of these men to go out and put their life on the line and, and how that affected you know Molly and Peter and, and everyone around them
3: well congratulations you Um there, have there been premieres I bet they were pretty pizzazzy well there was affairs, a premiere on
2: Monday in LA but I was uh, shooting in a forest oh, in Scotland no, so I yeah, missed I that one that <laughs> I know <laughs> a proper Los Angeles while I was lying in here. mud I, everyone was driving up to the red carpet in these like cool did Shelby Cobras did they send Cobras. you some pictures they did oh that's nice <laughs> <laughs> Right. No. The best
1: of the Chris Evans breakfast show with Sky on Virgin Radio. He's a stamp of
8: quality on anything he touches. Put simply, if you see him, you know it's going to be good. From terrifying pretty much everyone in The Walking Dead to well doing the same in series 2 of Sky Atlantic's hit series Britannia. Please welcome a man fast becoming a national treasure. It's David Morrissey. Thank you very good much, morning, Thank David. You very much. Great how to be you? here.
3: Right now for people who don't know, how would you Describe Britannia. So Britannia
8: is about the second Roman invasion of Britain. And it's about, uh, because of course, Julius Caesar came to Britain to conquer it and got his tail between his legs got sent back to Rome. And this is the second invasion. So Rome is now a Christian empire. And they bring Christianity to to Britain, but they encounter the Druids, and that's what the, the that's what our first season dealt with was the Romans and the Druids, and also the clans of, of Britain, particularly southern Britain and and sort of you know uh, East Anglia. And the second season we're a bit further into it. The Ro- the Romans are more settled. I am now building my Roman camp. Some of the structures uh, that we we know and love. What did the Romans ever give us? You know, it's, <laughs> there I am building the roads uh, and uh, Emperor. Claudius is just about to arrive, played brilliantly by Steve Pemberton. So I'm I'm about to I'm building all the Roman baths and stuff like that and getting settled in, but I still am in pursuit of um, this one person called Kate played brilliantly by Eleanor Worthington-Cox and uh, she's my nemesis I'm looking for her and we feel that she's got magic powers and that's what I'm after
3: Right now why not of course but how come the rock and roll soundtrack which I well, think is Well that's very much Jez and Tom Jez and Tom
8: are Jez and Tom Butterworth who are our creators and writers that's the, the soundtrack of their lives you know that's where they grew up and listening to, to all that stuff in their bedroom it's I just... remember last season I went to Cannes to promote it and I went down to breakfast with Donovan was sitting there because, you know, they use a lot of Donovan and I just couldn't believe it. And I went over and had a chat with them, and then we went to the premiere together. There's other more obscure stuff that they play as well, which I really like. And it
3: all works, doesn't it? It
8: just works because there's something hallucinogenic about the show. There's something very sort of, uh, you know, the druids are... Uh, experimenting with lots of different types of mushrooms and stuff Mm. like that. And there's something a bit psychedelic about it. And the music really feeds into that. And the colour scheme. That's why I love the show. I mean, it's great fun to do. But it is sex and drugs and rock and roll.
3: Where is your Britannia? Lovely beaches.
8: Yeah, well, we film it all over, really. We were down in Wales as well. And uh, we were down by St. David's. And then Forest of Dean. Uh, All my stuff was in Neasden. (laughs) <laughs> so, oh, no. <laughs> boom. Yeah, which is handy for my house, but yeah, no, not so great. But uh, And then a place called Bovington, which is just outside London, uh, in a car park. Uh, but yeah, it was great. They, I mean, the sets are just fantastic. The guys who came in and did our designs, just wonderful. How so, big
3: did it get set-wise?
8: It got massive. I really? mean, really. M- yeah, movie massive. Yeah, movie massive. I mean, my compound, the sort of Roman compound, goes on for ages. It's an old airfield in Bovington, and we took over the whole place and driving on to the set every day I was just in awe of it it was just great it It was wonderful
3: and was that from home every day
8: yeah that was from home so it was great just to you know I mean it meant that I didn't have to get out of bed very early but I love going the first season we filmed all in the Czech Republic which was wonderful. And then we, I stayed in Prague, which is a, just a fantastic city. But it is nice being at home. Yeah.
3: It is nice being home. But when you're away, it's like, so we were away last week. And we, we, you know, we go to Portugal loads and mm. then we're here and then we're in Portugal. It's the last day. Oh, we got to go back tomorrow. But then you get back here. And as long as you embrace wherever you are yeah. and embrace it fully, then it's better than okay, yeah. isn't it? I'm
8: in Transylvania at the moment. I'm going on Wednesday. I'm doing a movie over there. And that is a fantastic place. Tell us
3: about Transylvania. So
8: it's like, you know, it's exactly, I'm right by the castle. I'm right by, uh, like Vlad's Castle and it's just wonderful landscape you know really sort of rolling hills but without any interruption you know, without any buildings without any pylons so that's why a lot of that those Eastern Europe Hungary Czech Republic uh, Romania a lot of filming is happening there for, for shows like ours yeah. and, the, and the film I'm doing at the moment because that you can do it without the CGI you know yeah, yeah. you have these vistas which go on for miles and miles without interruption so and, and the crews as well you know uh,
3: no I- In the first step uh, that I watched last night... You, there's there's magic, okay. So so you you can fear magic, um, or the, or the madness of magic. Um, yeah. But you can also um, fear something else. You can fear the madness of money. Yeah. Um, because that's the Romans and tax. Did they invent tax, the Romans?
8: I don't know whether they invented it, but they certainly used it as an incentive. I mean, what they did always the Romans. That's why their the empire was so, so successful, was they made everybody Roman. So they would go and say, look, you can still have your your own guard. You can still have your own lifestyle. You just have to say you're Roman. And give us a bit of money every now and again, and you know, and we'll protect you. It was a protection racket, really. Uh, But they, yeah, they introduced taxes and tax incentives and all that stuff. But they were sort of, you know. they were very sophisticated in how they controlled people.
3: Oh, well, David, I think we're done. Oh, <laughs> can we be done?
8: No. There's so much more to talk about. OK,
3: but th- 10, <laughs> 10, one hours you got this and it's all, it's like, it's like movie big, isn't it? It's yeah, proper it's movie big. It's huge. It's fantastic. It's gripping. It's, it's different. No. It's alternative. It's, uh, it's on Sky 1, Sky Atlantic's uh, brand new season two of um, uh, Britannia it kicks off this week. 9pm, you can watch it linearly on your telly or all episodes available for All Sky. My cousin especially so with this guy, Q. Will there be a Series 3? Well, we're, uh, yes, we're gearing up for it now. So
8: that's so, done deal. Yeah, yeah so we'll uh, start shooting that. Will you get the... to leave Kneesden? Oh, who knows? <laughs> oh, I love Kneesden. But yes, I wouldn't mind a trip somewhere else.
3: <laughs> no no, like, no uh, offence Kneesden. Yeah,
8: maybe you know, they turn up in the Bahamas or somewhere. Have you that written be... a memoir yet? No, not yet, no. Can you call
3: it No Offence Kneesden? <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> <you> no do...
8: <laughs> Yeah, Mission Creep Kneesden.
3: Oh, yes, get <laughs> in there. Uh, David, a joy to see you. And um, you too. Uh, Please come and see us again soon. Oh well, I love it. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast
4: Show with Sky on Virgin Radio. He's worked at The Spectator and collaborated with up-and-comers like Richard Curtis and Nelson Mandela. (laughs) Basically, he's pretty good. His new book, The Boy, The Mole, The Fox and The Horse, is out now and here to tell us all about it is the man, the storyteller, the illustrator and the multi-talented Charlie Mackesy. Good morning, Charlie. Uh, Hello. That's very good. Okay, full (laughs) disclosure
3: first of all, full transparency. We've known each other for years. Yeah. But you knew what I did, but I didn't know what you did. No, until last night, <laughs> and I've been at like loads of parties with you, and we've often got ended up stuck in the corners together. I can't apologise about everything. I'm talking about everything apart yeah. from what you did for a living, and yeah. you do this, and this is you. Yeah, <laughs> this is like, for <laughs> me, it's really funny because I've known you for what twenty years something. <laughs> it's like, and because I, I thought I better Wikipedia, so I read all about Charlie Mackesy, <laughs> read the book last night, mm. and just before I went to bed, because um, I hadn't been sent the Netflix Crown Series three, I thought I'll just Wikipedia and see what he looks like. I said, it's Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> it's Matthew's friend, Charlie, who was at Micah's oh, party. Anyway, right. So <laughs> tell me, tell us what you do for a living, friend of mine. What do you do? Exactly. Well, if you don't know what... I do. Um, you really have had your head on your rock for the last 25 years. So when, when did you start? I mean, I've read about, you know, it's so bizarre reading about a mate. Because yeah. you don't know about him. Um reading about you about your career journey. So you, you've always drawn yeah. um particularly you went you went on a three month drawing course in was it in America?
9: Yeah, I just got bed bugs. When was that? Oh like in the nineties. Right. So, yeah. So are I mean, you an artist? Sorry, I forgive
3: me. I know yeah, I think I mean it's
9: a strange bit, but I I, mean, I draw things and I've sold them for my for, career. For money. And yeah, that's how I mean, so you know. pay your
3: mortgage? yeah okay so you've always done that yeah well done thank you so much um now you've always also hung around on on film sets like um love actually and you mm-hmm. you 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 make sketches you know whilst things are going on there and they, yeah. they've been been auctioned off for comet relief for example. relief, which i love so, and you made yeah. loads of money for Richard curtis in the game I hope so. well done thank you so yeah so now i know that about you okay as well uh where the heck did this book come from at the age of 56 <laughs> you're obsessed what the with that well because i'm so pleased <laughs> for the thank fact you. it's happened you Know, yeah, but you're knocking on the door of 60 and you've got the biggest, <laughs> biggest hit of your life on your hands. And it's, I mean, I say it's come from nowhere, it obviously yeah. hasn't come from nowhere.
9: Yeah, I think it was, you know, it came out of a lot of thinking, a lot of processing, and spending time wondering what life was really all about. And you know, it takes a while for you to sort of conclude things. And, and I've always drawn horses and boys and animals, you know. Um, but I remember. was in a conversation i was having a really good conversation with a friend actually who's really brave courageous guy explorer with bear actually yeah Yeah. fantastic and we were talking about what courage was and and he he obviously is very brave he can climb things and face adversity and see it through and i'm not that kind of brave so when i thought about what the bravest thing i've ever done was it was you know when i was really low i just i remember saying how and uh, so I drew it and I drew the, the horse and the boy and the boy said, what's the bravest thing you've ever said? And the horse said, help. And uh, and so I just drew that and stuck it on Instagram and was really shocked by, you know, the response. And it ended up being used by, you know, uh, hospitals and uh, went sort of viral, really. Um, and so I just kept, kept the conversation going. That's how it really began. Another one was when the boy, the boy, uh, we're sitting in a branch and says what's what?" The, I think the mole who's his friend says what do you want to be when you grow up and the, the boy says kind because I think at the moment you know we're always you know there's a lot of unkindness already everywhere so I, I just thought it was nice to venture into kindness and love and all those things that we need so,
3: so, so last week you saw 10,000 copies of this book um, and this is just the beginning you know it's just the beginning it could uh, be you know and you, do, you don't have to know all this but we know this because we do this for a living um, and you don't <laughs> No. <laughs> this is an accident. <laughs> but, but what's happening? But, yeah, but, but the weird <laughs> thing is, I never did it to really, you know, I just, it
9: was never just thoughts. That I, I, the thing about Instagram is, I don't sell things on Instagram. I just like to share things on Instagram. Yeah. So it was a way of just saying, this is what I think. What do you think? Uh, you know, I'd never for a second thought, well, we'll you
3: know, book. I just thought, let's chat. And so, what has happened as a consequence of the last couple of weeks? What, what's what, what uh, are, are there offers of this? Do you want to do that? I mean, you were up all last night writing a storyboard for maybe a movie. Yeah, well, you know, I just had this idea. <laughs> yeah.
9: yeah. So, I did a storyboard of just snow falling, snow falling, snow falling, and then distance the boy on his own and with music playing the whole time. And then you get close to him and he wanders through the landscape of where the book takes place, but he's on his own and then finally sits down and then. You know, the snow keeps falling. The music's there, and then his little, little nose pokes out of the snow. The mole-y and mole. He says, "Hello." <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's the mole. Hello. When you When you open the book, you open the book with this. Here we, here we go. Um, you say, uh, "You, the reader, uh, you started at the beginning, which is impressive. I usually start in the middle and never read introductions like this one. It's surprising that I've made a book because I'm not very good at reading them. The truth is, I need pictures. They're like islands, places to get into in a sea of words. This book is for everyone, whether you're eight or 80. Uh, other way around I feel like I'm both sometimes I'd like to be one you can, I'd like it to be one you can dip into anywhere anytime start in the middle if you like scribble on it uh, crease the corners and leave it well thumbed don't really mind the drawings are mainly of a boy a mole, a fox and a horse mm-hmm. I'll tell you a little bit about them. Although I'm sure you'll see things here that I don't. So I'll be quick. The boy is lonely. and When the mole first surfaces, they spend time together gazing into the wild. I think the wild is a bit like life. Frightening sometimes, but beautiful. Mm. In their wanderings, they meet the fox. It's never going to be easy meeting a fox if you're a mole. <laughs> the boy is full of questions. The mole is greedy for cake. The fox is mainly silent and wary because he's been hurt by life. No mention of the horse there. Come on, turn over. Easy tiger. The horse is the biggest thing they've encountered and also the gentlest. gentlest. They're all different like us and each has their own weakness. I can see myself in all four of them. Perhaps you can too. You pick up their adventures.
9: Their adventures happen in springtime where one moment snow is falling and the sun shines the next, which is also a little bit like life. It can turn on a sixpence. I hope... This book encourages you, perhaps, to live courageously with more kindness for yourself and for others and to ask for help when you need it, which is always a brave thing to do. When I was making this book, I often wondered, what on earth am I... Who am I to be doing this? I really did feel that a lot. But as the horse says, the truth is, everyone is winging That's My
3: favourite line ever. The w- truth is, the everyone truth is, is winging
9: it. Everyone is winging it. So I say, spread your wings and follow your dreams. This book is one of mine. I hope you enjoy it and much love to you. Thank you, Charlie.
3: Well done, son. Uh, well done, you. No, Thanks. goodness Thanks. me. Uh, look, it's out there. You can buy it. Charlie Mccasey, uh, the boy, the mole, the fox and the horse. The
1: best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show with Sky on Virgin Radio.
4: The names Pele, Best and Beckenbauer all roll off the tongue. And after our next guest is done, the names Sun Wen, Hope Solo and Kelly Smith will too. Her new book, Changing the Game, Fantastic Female Footballers, is out now. So please welcome the head coach of Manchester United Women, a lady that just can't stop winning. It's Casey Stoney. Good
10: morning, Casey. Good morning.
4: Welcome
3: and well done. Thank you. Okay, your story keeps getting better and better for people who don't know. Can you give us a positive history, please, from, say, 2000, the year 2000?
10: Yeah, 2000, probably Roughly the time I made my England debut. Feels like a long time ago now. Uh, went on to play for England 130 times, which was an incredible experience. Retired, uh, became part of Phil Neville's backroom staff. and then For England. England. Yep, yeah, for England. And then um, the job opportunity came up at Manchester United, and I thought it was a great opportunity to, to put my stamp on something.
3: Right now, I mean, you know, many sports have seen tipping points over the last 100, 200 years, but women's football in the last 10 years. How much bigger has it become since you started?
10: Huge. You know, I remember having to wear a kit that was three times too big because we didn't have any. I had to turn up ready to get changed because I played in the boys' team. There's no girls' teams. and How was
3: that back then? Because that's normal now, isn't it? But that must have been something out of the ordinary back then.
10: I was the only girl in the entire league. How did that work? How, 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 did the... how was that allowed?
3: Did you have to argue your way in or what? It,
10: it was allowed until I was 11. Then I got banned because you weren't allowed to play mixed sport. And it was difficult because... I had to earn the boys' respect yeah. by showing them I could play. Yeah. Parents didn't like it. You know, the, my coach was brilliant because he just said, if you're good enough, don't care if you kill them. Mean, that's boys.
3: a story and a half, isn't
10: it? Yeah, and it, it was difficult because you had to turn up ready. You had to go home muddy because you had nowhere to get changed, no facilities or anything like that. But you did it because you loved the game. And I also think it, it, it made me resilient.
3: So you're a real life Bendit like Beckham?
10: Yeah, yeah, probably on a smaller scale. But it must have helped
3: them, isn't it? I mean, that movie must have been a, a bit of a tipping point as well.
10: Yeah, absolutely. I think you know you look at films like that; they bring the game, you know, profile and also look at 2015 World Cup and this year's World Cup was incredible. You know, over over 11 million people watching the semi final yeah, and-,
3: and loving every second of it as well. And then off the back of that, watching you know the, the, the women's FA Cup final and looking at the Premier League and yourself at Man United. Now, you're, the Man United women's setup that's quite new, isn't it? How, how long has that been going for?
10: Sixteen months.
3: Sixteen months.
10: Yeah, we started, I got the job in June. I had four weeks um, from when I got announced as the head coach to the start of pre-season to recruit 21 players, six full-time staff and, and get us going.
3: <laughs> How did you go about doing that for Man United? Oh,
10: a lot of sleep, well, the, the badge helps, I'm not going to lie, but a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of train journeys, a lot of meeting agents, players. Um, and ho- luckily, I had a lot of connections in the game. So it of course was... you
3: did, of course you did. But I
10: mean, to be given
3: a blank canvas... You know, a dream, but potentially a nightmare. Because if you get it wrong, it's like, hang on a minute. You, I mean, I'm not saying you had a blank check checkbook, but, um, but I mean, you know, Man United, you know, everything to gain um, or and everything to lose.
10: Yeah, definitely. And, and there were worrying times. There were, you know, when you're trying to get people over the line and get them signed and you don't know who's going to come and... You know, we, we we don't have the biggest budget in the world. We know that. We're trying to grow things. Which people
3: might think you do.
10: Yeah, they do. They associate the badge with money. And that's not, you know, we're not trying to do that. We're trying to make sure that we can get to a point where we're sustainable.
3: Right, come on. Uh, tell us about uh, Fantastic Female Footballers. Do you feature yourself in here?
10: I do, yes. Oh, little, that's allowed. A little bit about myself, my journey and stuff. And a little bit about my playing days, but more about... All of those great players. And it's
3: it's got got here, it kicks off with a timeline of women's football from 1894. Did I hear this correctly or did I dream this, that women's football used to be bigger than men's football when it first began?
10: Yeah, during the First World War, when obviously the men went to war, uh, a lot of the women were left behind in the factories. Um, They created a team and Dick Kerr ladies used to play in front of thousands and thousands, unfortunately, before it was banned.
3: Right, so it was actually banned. Tell us about that. It
10: wasn't banned as in the game being banned, but women were banned from playing on any facilities or registering any teams uh, within the football association.
3: Okay, it's archaic, isn't it, if you think about it nowadays? Uh, But that was over 100 years ago, I suppose. No excuses, but nevertheless, uh, we've moved on uh, since then. Um, 1999, the US women's team beat China in a penalty shootout to win FIFA Women's World Cup. Um, How come the us has embraced women's football to such a huge extent uh, when the men's football lags behind it's almost the roles are reversed in the us in north america
10: isn't yeah it? definitely and it's it's a couple of reasons one because it's not a main sport for men over there but it is for women and also because of their title 9 they have to invest the same amount of money into women's sport and men's sport and they have a, a collegiate system over there which is absolutely incredible
3: so um any 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 sort of any people in your family any any girls in your family who seem to be picking up the mantle early on football wise
10: um well my obviously i've got two daughters um and my they've just started football my twins my boy and my girl have just started football on a saturday morning so she's enjoying it are Um, they three or four they're five they're going to turn five 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 on friday and then my little one who's going to be two in december is always kicking a ball around so hopefully there's hope there
3: all right and um my little boy's still playing with he's he's 10 and they're still playing with a size four football um as opposed to the full-size football, is that all right? Or? Yeah,
10: absolutely, because they're not big enough and the weight of the ball, and it, it means they can, I think, enhance their skills better with a smaller ball. Okay, and they've
3: just gone from 5 aside to 8 aside on Saturday mornings.
10: Yep, brilliant. They've,
3: they've gone from four quarters to two halves.
10: So the sizes get bigger, don't they, as they go up and then yeah. eventually they go to 11-a-side. And I think it's a great way. You remember looking back and you'd have a full-size goal and a seven-year-old <laughs> in it. <laughs> not it's not fair. he so, had no chance.
3: You not know, to put people up being a goalie for life. What's going on with Manu at the moment?
10: We have got Chelsea on the 17th, uh, it's women's football weekend, so it's a big game for us because they're All top right. of the league, so yeah, really interesting that Everton are playing Liverpool at Anfield, Tottenham are playing Arsenal at the new Tottenham Stadium, so it's a, a big, big weekend for women's football.
0: Absolutely fantastic, and I think you're lying fifth, is that right? Fifth currently in Super League, fourth, apolog- I keep doing you, you keep down, taking case, thing off. and you're like one of my heroes, I should be, I should be doing it the other <laughs> way round. <laughs> I'm so sorry.
10: It's okay. We're fourth, but, you know, we're we're on track. And
0: attendances are up. And for people who haven't come to see a WSL game yet, could you just do me a favour and just sell it?
10: Yeah, absolutely. Listen honest, pure, exciting, tactical football, you know, and the girls give absolutely everything week in, week out to perform, so you have a great atmosphere, the crowds are brilliant, and, and you get looked after on game day, so it's great.
0: And it doesn't cost the earth, and it's really it's a really kind of lovely family atmosphere.
10: Yeah, you know? absolutely.
1: Cheers, Case. The best of the Chris Evans Breakfast Show, with Sky on Virgin Radio.
3: Thank you so much for listening to this, the podcast of the Virgin Radio Breakfast Show. Don't forget you can subscribe and get it every week from wherever you get your podcast, and you will Never miss the weekly roundup of all the best bits from our Virgin Radio Breakfast Show with Sky.
2: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.